Hi, welcome to Cinema Scene on Gardner Webb University Radio, WGWG.org. I'm Noel T. Manning II, and that is... Hi, I'm Jeff Powell, and I've got a question for you. Yes. You know, since this is this is streaming radio and podcasting, shouldn't it be cinema heard? I'm cinema. Uh, <laughs> uh, you, you, yeah, you're a funny boy. <laughs> cinema Scene. Yeah, well, we've been Cinema Scene since we were on TV. Oh, that's right. So yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's yeah. Actually, and I'm trying to think, you know, when we first started the show... Um, Earl Owensby mm-hmm. was the first co-host, mm-hmm. and um, I guess it was radio then too. And, it was both. It was both. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So we, um, yeah, we've been doing this for for quite a while, and have various co-hosts throughout the years. A lot of guests throughout the years as well, and uh, students who have uh, been a part of this from Gardner Wave University, and it's been a lot of fun. Um, and when you can't find anybody else, you say, "Hey, Jeff." <laughs> You want to come in and do one? <laughs> you know, uh, the truth is what it is. Yeah. And um, I uh, always appreciate you being willing to, to come and hang out and talk uh, talk movies with me. Sure. Uh, and, and ask me questions that I can make up answers to. So <laughs> it has been an interesting summer so far. And, you know, if you look at the calendar, Jeff, uh, it's summer. just barely summer. Summer just started this week. Now, um, the, the box office summer. Officially begins Memorial Day weekend, yeah, and ends on Labor Day weekend. So it's a much longer, well, really, I guess calendar-wise, longer. I don't know, but anyway, it it feels longer. But now with summer movies, uh, the preseason opening up in like April. Oh yeah, it's it, yeah. It's, it feels like um, the, the summer season feels a lot longer mm-hmm. um, at the box office uh, than it used to, and um, you know, it's there were times when. And it was really Spielberg who who discovered, hey, let's do this summer thing and let's expand the box office. Um, did it with Jaws. I mean, Jaws was the first film back in 75 that had you know, hundreds of theaters yeah. um, that you would release films in at the same time. I mean, before that, it was, you know, you'd have your big cities and then they would trickle down to the smaller cities. Now, part of that was you didn't have the plethora, like there were the plethora of screens that you do now. I mean, you'd go to a town and you'd have a, a duplex that would have two screens or maybe four at the if most. If you were lucky. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. You know, if you're of a certain age, you remember when, you know, if you had one or two theaters in town, well, they had a screen each. And then it was split those buildings so that you have two screens right. each. And then uh, we've gone from there. Yeah. And, and that's. You know, Spielberg in 75 really realized, okay, summer's the time we can make some money, and if we expand the theater count, then then we're definitely going to be able to make more money. Yeah. And so that, that started that whole ball rolling, but now we're going from just a few hundred theaters to you know thousands uh, of theater screens uh, per film. Um, a great example, uh, let's see, Finding Dory last weekend, uh, the number one film, opened up in the U.S. in 4,300 theaters. So 4,305 wow. theaters. Uh, and the average per theater was like $31,000 per screen. So it was it was a big winner. A big, big winner last weekend. But that, we've come a long way since, since well, you know, Spielberg. Another thing that it's, that it's done is it, it instead of spreading it out over time as the movie travels the country... Um, it's really down to what you do in that opening yep. weekend. That that yep. is so important. It is, and that's um, you know you're you're only going to drop from there. There are very few occasions, uh, and I could count them on my hand, one hand, uh, when a film is opened 
lower than number one and work its way up. Yeah, doesn't um, happen often. It doesn't happen often. And, and the, the greatest success in one of those um, was The Sixth Sense that opened in fewer theaters, opened up at, you know, uh, in the top five. But the word of mouth about that particular film with M. Night Shyamalan really took it up several notches and eventually ended up being number one and stayed there for, for a few weeks. Uh, same thing happened with, uh, with Paranormal Activity, the first one. Um, it, was, uh, it was kind of one of those odd, uh, quirky films. It was really an independent film. Mm-hmm. Um, but but the, the way it was put together with that um, you know, found footage kind of stuff yeah. really appealed, and it was done done very well. But you know, found footage films now have, have just been so overdone. But uh, when you find that thing that works, um, you find you, you keep keep repeating it. I mean, right now the things that that typically are working more than they're not are the superhero genre films. Yeah, yeah. Um, the people are being drawn to those, and, and some are finding more success than others, just as we, we found the case this summer. And, and I'm finding, just this is just anecdotal, word of mouth, talking to people, I'm finding a few more people are beginning to say, too many of them, I can't, you know, the quality is uneven, mm-hmm. so, you know, at some point it will peak. Right. I don't know right. that we're there yet, but yeah. at some point it will peak. Well, there's already a plan for the next uh, five to ten years on which film franchises relating to superheroes are going to be produced, created, out there. And they've even got a, you know kind of a next phase for both DC and Marvel of others that mm-hmm. are on the back burner that, okay, right. once we're finished with these, we're going to push these out there. Right. And um, you know, there's already names. Oh, they're definitely not going these. away. <laughs> no, they're not. Uh, but you know, if, you have, if you have too many of them that... Uh, are not successful, then there's some things that are going to happen. You can yeah. have one or two yeah. that, that that can happen too, but when you start having, you know, when it's 80% of the ones you put out there are not successful in one, one way or the other, financially is the first, but also if they're not approaching the fan base, mm-hmm. um, you're going to have issues. And, uh, you know, the, the Batman versus Superman, which is really, uh, I call it uh, Justice League Light, um, or, or Justice League One is what I'll call it, uh, you know, it, it it did not completely click with fans or with critics. Right. And it, it came out to very mixed reviews, and uh, I'd say it was probably 50-50. And that, that's not going to stop them because they're already, they've already got another Wonder Woman film that's part of that franchise that will be out next year. Uh, the Justice League film is already being, you know, put together. And, and with that... Uh, I think it's going to be. I think that's going to be interesting because they, the the biggest success for Batman, Superman, Dawn of Justice, was Ben Affleck as Batman, as an older Batman, a more mm-hmm, mm-hmm. grizzly, grumpy yeah. Batman, yeah. if you want to say it, grumpy old Batman. We'll just call him that. <laughs> um, you know, he's a great writer. He's been a. You know, he's he's been awarded for producing. He's a wonderful director. He's able to do a lot of different things, and I think he surprised a lot of people with that role. And they're actually giving him. Uh, a lot of responsibility in this Justice League, hmm. and so uh, probably a lot more than they anticipated beforehand. But here, but listening to the critics, listening to the fans, they're like, okay, you know, maybe we'll 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 give him a little little more uh, input in uh, this than than we originally thought. Uh, and one of the one of the things that uh, the negatives was the the film was was pretty dark. There wasn't a lot of humor in it. But uh, also, there's just a lot of other things going on. Now, they're releasing the, uh, the Blu-ray is going to be uh, kind of a first. It's going to be probably the largest ever as far as content on a Blu-ray that you've ever had before. 
they're going to have an uh, extra 30 minutes of the film. To me, wow. the, to me, the film itself was too long in theaters. <laughs> it was already too long. So but, let's add a half hour. Yeah, but I will watch it just to see, okay, what are the things that they yeah. cut out for that theatrical yeah. version? But that one was not a success. Um, the uh, X-Men was not really that a success. Mm-hmm. X-Men Apocalypse. Now, um, you know, it was, uh, let's see, at, at the theaters, let me see uh, X-Men Apocalypse. Um, it's brought in only $147 million. Uh, that's the gross of that, which, you know, I wouldn't mind having a $147 million. But it, yeah, but they probably spent that much making it. They spent $180 million making yeah. it. Now, now worldwide, it's, you know, it's, it's done okay. Right. Um, but the opening weekend for that was, was even pretty pitiful. And uh, you talk about, we were talking about the opening weekend is what you really want yeah. to do. The uh, great example, X-Men Apocalypse, the opening weekend uh, brought in $65 million. Second weekend, it dropped by 65%. Wow. So, uh, you know, you've, you've got to be able to, to hold on to that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we're, we're four weeks with that film in theaters, and it has not made its money back domestically. And that's not, uh, not a success. I was not a big fan of this one. I loved X-Men First Class uh, when that came out back in 2011. Um, you and I talked about it. To me, it was one of those that really did kind of transcend yeah. down to the superhero genre. Uh, it tied in history. Of course, it made its own history, but it was but it was fun the way it did it. Mm-hmm. And I, did, I do like the way this reboot, say reboot, but it's still part of the franchise um, because it still ties in Patrick Stewart and Wolverine mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. others yeah. uh, from the other X-Men films. But the, the way it's done it within this timeline, it goes back to the 60s and then the 70s for the second one. This third one is in the 80s. And they were talking about if they did a fourth, it would be in the 90s. But to me, if you do a fourth one with this same cast, well, the other X-Men with Patrick Stewart was started in the 90s. Yeah. So how do you explain that? And I don't know how you explain Quite that. often, and one of the issues I think that I have with some of these franchises is they don't explain it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. just let it go. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the, the most successful superhero film this, this year and this summer uh, really opened up, um, wow, um, back in May, May 6th, uh, Captain America Civil War. Yeah. So Captain yeah. America 3 or Avengers 2.5 um, <laughs> because it had most of the Avengers in this film. Uh, domestically, $400 million. Wow. $400 million, and that's humongous. Uh, the worldwide gross, $1.1 billion. So uh, this was a huge, huge success. Marvel still is, uh, is the one to beat. Mm-hmm. And uh, the number one film of the year, uh, so far a year, not just the summer, is Captain America 3 or Captain America Civil War. Zootopia uh, was number two. Yeah. And, uh, and then uh, Jungle Book, number three. So, you know, you've got some interesting uh, films. And if you look at the top five, so far for the year, they're either superhero films or family films. Yeah. Uh, Captain America, Zootopia, Jungle Book, Batman, Superman, uh, worldwide, did okay. Uh, and then Deadpool. And Deadpool was a huge success, surprise success, uh, about a villain from the X-Men uh, franchise. That opened mm-hmm. in uh, February. Production budget, only $58 million. Wow. And is brought in seven hundred seventy-eight million worldwide. So there'll be a Deadpool too. Yeah, sure. and I think Deadpool, um, which I haven't seen, full disclosure, but I understand. You know, it was a bit of a, a of a risk. Will audiences respond to a more adult themed superhero? 
a superhero who pokes fun at superheroes, that kind of thing. And uh, yeah, they responded. Yeah, yeah, they did. And it was very adult, R-rated uh, on multiple levels uh, for pretty much any reason you can have, pretty much any reason you can have an R-rated yeah. film, it's it's in there for Deadpool. Uh, but yeah, it, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting how the genres, um, you know, the, the box office success of certain genres really impact what's being created. And, you know, you're seeing sequels, you're seeing superhero-type films. Um, you know, back in the, in, in the 70s when Star Wars came out, it was like uh, all of a sudden everybody wanted to try their hand at some kind of sci-fi film. And most of them did it poorly. Most of them did it poorly. <laughs> I remember some like Battle Beyond the Stars with, uh, with John Boy as the captain of some Oh, some I remember that ship. one. Yeah. It wasn't very good. <laughs> it was not very good. But there were a lot that were not very good. But, um, but it's, you know, we're just in that, you know, we're in that um, place right now that it's, it's the superhero films mm-hmm. that, that are finding the success. And, uh, you know, several years ago, it also was, okay, films, let's make every film a PG-13 film because that's going to appeal to adults and, and the teenagers, and that's where we're going to find our money. And so it really is all about, okay, who's coming to the screens yeah. and who's willing to pay mm-hmm. and what are they willing to pay for. So it's, uh, it's, it's really interesting. It's a lot of fun to, to continue to see what happens. And, uh, and, and some films, of course, are, are, are always going to be better than others. But, uh, you know, at what point do you got to pull the plug on certain types or certain franchises? And mm-hmm. last year we saw that um, one superhero film that did not succeed was Fantastic Four, the reboot. And that was supposed to be the start of a trilogy. They had already planned out what each film was going to be, and it bombed big time at the box office, and they pulled the plug. They said, okay, well, we're going to stop, and maybe in a few years we'll come back to the Fantastic Four. I'm sure they will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) They'll wait a little while, though. They'll wait a little while, though. Yeah, on sort of a side note, um, this past weekend, the big Heroes convention took place in Charlotte. I went to that. There's certainly a, a lot of fandom out there, and there are certainly a lot of people who are willing to pay money for all things sort of comic book related. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, I think that's the thing with the superhero films is that fan base is so huge, and um, you know they're going to they're going to go see it opening weekend. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen. Yeah. So if you can get your 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 fanboys and girls to come see your film on opening weekend, even if it's bad, you're going to at least make some money. Something on that opening weekend, yeah. Um, and, you know, I've even started to see at these preview screenings that they do uh, for superhero films, they're not just inviting critics, they're also inviting uh, owners of comic shops uh, yeah. and and those are who are connected to the comic industry because they know, well, these are the uh, opinion mm-hmm. uh, opinion mm-hmm. makers. Mm-hmm. They're the ones that, uh, that you know, can, can lead what that popular opinion is going to be one way or the other. Uh, when I went to see uh, the screening of the X-Men Apocalypse, it was that way. There were the film critics there, but you also had your, you know, you had your comic book owners right. who were there. And it was really interesting. For They were fine with it for the most part. And the critics were not so much mm-hmm. fine with it. Mm-hmm. Interesting. You know, yeah. and it was interesting. And I, and I guess because... Um, you know, they're following actual some storylines that are in the comics, and that's how they're connecting it. Right. And uh, for most film critics, you know, they're not they're looking at it as a whole different thing. Mm-hmm. You know, sure, it's based on these characters, but once you take it to the screen, you're able to kind of do what you want to. Right. It's it. its own thing. It's its own thing. I mean, uh, Fantastic Four did that last year by making uh, Johnny Storm uh, African American, and uh, in all the comics, you know, he's a blonde-headed, blue-eyed, you know, 
dude that, that you know, turns on fire. So, um, and, and that didn't bother me. It didn't yeah, bother me at sure, all. Sure, uh, For some diehard comic fans, it did. Yeah, it would, yeah. Mm-hmm. It did. Uh, you know, last weekend I mentioned Finding Dory, uh, animated sequel to Finding Nemo. Mm-hmm. Many, many, many years later, uh, big box office records that brought in $136 million on opening weekend. Uh, the uh, the second uh, second film uh, last weekend, number two, was Central Intelligence, a buddy cop comedy with Kevin Hart and Dwayne, no longer The Rock Johnson, but still, he's going to be Dwayne The Rock Johnson for me. Uh, I was talking to you off the air about that movie. Uh, the family wanted to go see that. Um, sometimes I'll just go with the family just to see, just to be with them, mm-hmm. and just for purely entertainment purposes. But uh, even, even though I go for, for entertainment purposes, I can't set aside my critic's hat sure. as well when, when I watch films. And uh, to me, Central Intelligence really was a, it was a C plus. It was average. It was fun. Uh, it wasn't horrible. It was uh, pretty much what you would expect from a buddy cop comedy. And I guess the key is, uh, do you like that genre or not? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and it really is all about, um, you know, the director for these kind of films, they're not really going after huge box office numbers beyond those first few weeks. Right. It's not, it doesn't cost a ton uh, to make these mon- these movies. Uh, most of these movies, um, these buddy cop comedies, your your cost is in your talent. Yeah, yeah. You what, know, what star power do you right, bring to the screen? Right, And so for this one, Central Intelligence, $50 million budget. Um, you know, after, uh, you know, worldwide, it's already brought in $51 million, so they've made their money back there. Right. And, uh, you know, opening weekend, uh, it, it, you know, it did okay. It was number two um, and, and not, not, you know, not too bad for, for what they were up against with a, with a huge family film. Um, the, uh, the weekend, let me see what that weekend gross was uh, for that. But well, number two, I, I, don't, I don't have the numbers right, right in front of me. But um, as I look at these buddy cop comedies or even buddy comedies, period, so many of them, storylines are really kind of the same. Oh, there's, yes. You know, this formula, and, and yes. that's what draws people to these things. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's rare when there's something different enough to, to set it apart. And as I was watching, you know, as I watch Kevin Hart, um, I'm reminded of, of Chris Tucker, who had great success with the Rush Hour films. And then he, you know, he decided, I'm going to retire. You know, he chose retirement. Right. I mean, he was the, the hottest name in the industry, and everybody wanted... Uh, Chris Tucker to be in their films. And he's like, no, I'm good. You wow. know, I'm, I'm good. And I remember when he came here uh, to Shelby, uh, North Carolina, and spent some time with Earl Owensby, mm-hmm. and they were talking about uh, a film. Now, this doesn't doesn't sound far-fetched at the time, or doesn't sound far-fetched now, but at the time, you know, he was going to be the first African-American president uh, in, a, in a comedy. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, Chris Rock ended up doing, uh, doing a film very similar to that. I think it was called Head of State. Um, years ago that didn't have huge success. Mm-hmm. But Chris Tucker originally had that idea and that concept. And you know, now we've had uh, you know, Barack Obama mm-hmm. as the president, as an African-American president, for, uh, for eight years. But at the time, that, that was not even on anybody's right, radar. Right. Uh, but Chris Tucker, you know, around that time, he said, you know, he says, I think I, I've, I've made my money. I'm done. I can, I can do some other things now. Mm-hmm. I'm going to invest. It's very rare. But it is rare. But, but his, when I look at him, and I, I look at Kevin Hart, their styles are very similar, kind of the fast-paced, fast-talking, yeah, yeah. you know, um, you know, always going to try to get something out over on somebody else and going to keep talk, 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 talk until I wear you down, mm-hmm. kind of like what I'm doing to you today. And even if you go further back, I mean, Eddie Murphy Eddie did Murphy. the same thing. You know, Absolutely. It's kind of set the, set the 
standard for yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, and, and and that's where I go back to is you know there's Chris Tucker, but Chris Tucker's influence, Eddie Murphy, right, right. and and Eddie Murphy there in the you know uh, in, in the seventies, uh, late seventies, early eighties, mm-hmm. um, well probably even into the into the uh, the later eighties as well. But you know I think back to Forty Eight Hours, I think mm-hmm. back to to Trading Places. Uh, they all had that same element of the buddy comedy aspect. Yes. And then if you want to take a step back even further, let's go back to Gene Wilder. And Richard Pryor. And Richard Pryor. Yes. And so you know, they're all, these buddy, buddy cop comedies are always building, or the buddy comedies are always building on those who have come before them. Yeah. And there's, and you, you should. You should be able to find yeah. out what works from the others and how can I make that my own and how do I make it my own. Well, you know, uh, some of the critics say one of the best uh, comedies of all time, Some Like It Hot, two guys on the road, yeah. buddy comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, it's, and, you know, you, you, you go back to the, to the early, early days and you're Abbott and Costello. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's, the, the buddy comedies have been around the, for a very long time. That's a subject, a, a, a genre of film that uh, has a long and yeah. successful yeah. list yeah. of uh, actors and and movies, yeah. yeah. And, and they, where they find their success, really, is you, you want to find physical differences in the characters. And you also want to find personality differences in the mm-hmm. characters. That's mm-hmm. what will make those comedies successful. That's mm-hmm. the formula that makes them successful. And, and I will say, for Central Intelligence, absolutely it worked. Because you had 6'5", Dwayne Johnson, who has muscles upon muscles. And then you have 5'4". Kevin Hart, <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know, uh, and also you know, different races that also gives you that visual difference mm-hmm. as well. So, and their personalities definitely were a whole lot different, and that that plays plays to it as well. So, uh, big success with that. Finding Dory, uh, you know, w- what we've discovered with uh, with these animated films that uh, you know that, that Pixar can have their hands in is you can wait decades before you bring a sequel back. Yeah, which kind of. Well, and the interesting thing is my daughters who are um, teenagers, they really wanted to see this film because years ago they saw Finding Nemo was part of growing up. And so after they saw it, I was, well, you know, who was in the audience? A lot of little kids were in the audience, but a lot of kids their age, you know, couldn't wait and and older couldn't wait because they grew up with Finding Nemo. Yeah, we're talking 13 years in between, 13 years in between. And, And they proved it would still succeed. Um, with Toy Story 3 mm-hmm. when it came mm-hmm. out yeah. you know, several years Did, ago. Didn't you say the other day there's going to be a fourth? Yep, wow. they're working on a fourth. Yeah, working on a fourth. Um, but I remember when when Toy Story 3 came out, I was teaching a college film class with a great group, uh, and, and several in that group actually ended up co-hosting Cinema Scene. <laughs> uh, I go and give some shout-outs. Matt Han. Um, oh, gosh, I want to... Tyler Cusifer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chase, Chase, yes. Chase was also uh, one of the co-hosts. So, uh, and even Lauren. Um, so I had several. I mean, four out of that class <laughs> co-hosted at some point right. uh, during their time here, and that was a great class. But they all—that was the the year, the summer that Toy Story three came out. The fall, I taught that class, and so we talked about Toy Story three, and they all had gone to see it because they. Grew up they grew up, grew up with mm-hmm. up with, the, with the, the franchise, and the same way with Finding Nemo. My daughter, who's a college student now, says, uh, "I, w- I want to see Finding Dory. Yeah, I want to see Finding Dory." And Thomas, you know, said, "Yeah, I want to see it." But Catherine really, really, really yeah. wants to see it, and that's because it's part of her childhood, exactly. part of her past, exactly. and, and seeing that that come to life. So, 
uh, yeah, it, it's it's great to see these kind of films that that are decades in the making mm-hmm. um, really find a way to, to live and come alive. Um, the the five day total. Let's just give you some comparisons. Toy Story three when it came out, uh, after five days it had made one hundred forty one million dollars. Finding Dory, one hundred seventy seven million after five <laughs> days. But of course we've got a few years and ticket yes. prices have been yes, going they up, have gone up, which I noticed last weekend uh, are continuing to go up. Um, we, we, you and I have talked about 3D films in the past, and, and we're not huge fans for a lot of reasons. Um, I'm, I'm definitely not fans to have to pay more. Pay more to see it. Uh, yeah. Used to, they'd say, well, it's for the glasses. Well, it's not for the glasses, because no. if you bring your own glasses, you still have to pay the extra 2 or $3, right. Right. whatever that is. So uh, you know, sequels, uh, another sequel, kind of a, a long one in the making. I'll mention this. This weekend, we've got the Independence Day yeah. Sequel. Is that this weekend? This weekend. See, I may have to go see that. 20 years later. <laughs> that's hard to believe. Years later. It's hard for me to get my yeah. head around the fact yeah. that that's been 20 years. Yeah, 1996 wow. um, was the orig- original. Um, and so uh, the sequel is opening this weekend. So we, we talked about franchises, these things. Summer is built for that. But 20 years later, you know, how is something like this going to work? I'm going to go see it. Yeah. Any of the same actors in it? Yeah. Um, Will Smith is not showing up. And okay. he's really um, one of the main ones that's not coming back. All right. So Goldblum's uh, there. Goldblum's there. Um, and, uh, you know, yeah, Goldblum's there. And then the, you know, the guy who was president, wow. Bill Pullman, is there. Uh, Judd Hirsch comes back. Uh, Vivica A. Fox uh, comes back. Who was also he was the wife. She was the wife of uh, Will Smith's character. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, oh wow. Okay. Brent, Brent Spiner's back. Remember uh-huh. Data? Yes. Remember he was the goofy long hair. He was the scientist, scientist in the lab. Yes. In the, he's back, and so you've got a lot of the same names coming back. Interesting. Uh, same producers. So uh, you know it, it's it has potential of being a success, but let me throw in this caveat. Uh, this is a film that did not get a critic screening. Oh, that's usually a bad sign. Usually a bad sign. I'm I'm not saying it is, but usually I'm not saying that this it's a bad sign for this film, but usually when that happens, it is a bad sign. Yeah. Um, usually one or two reasons that that doesn't happen because they think it's going to be a bad movie, or they think you know what we don't need the critics. We know it's going to do well, and there are some films that are, that are like that. Um, even faith based films don't have screenings. Because they know we're going to have our build an audience. We don't need uh, the critics to help us um, mm-hmm. sell this film. And maybe the uh, paramount issue, it becomes sort of keeping the secrets of the film. So, right. so people aren't spoiled. Spoiler alert, you know, when yeah. they go in that, that maybe, first weekend. Maybe, maybe. but you know, with, with, uh, with critics, you're, you're given typically an embargo. Right. Which means, okay, you may see it a week or a month before, but you can't write or release anything until this date, and they'll give you mm-hmm. a certain date. Mm-hmm. Uh, Free State of Jones, which also opens this weekend, the historical drama, which is really a, a, a you don't see too many of those in the summer. Um, it's true. You know, this film was screened, uh, had two screenings, had one early this week and then one last week, and the embargo for that was actually lifted Wednesday. Initially, mm-hmm. it was going to be like on Friday, but then they said, well, we'll lift it and let you do a, a review on Wednesday. Um it's, um, you know, it's one of those that, that's already getting kind of the mixed reviews. Um, it's got some star power. got some star power, Matthew McConaughey, and, uh, and that's the one, you know, real, real positive uh, for that for a lot of people is, is Matthew McConaughey. 
I'm, I'm drawn to period films, um, especially you know, period war films. For, I'm, I'm kind of drawn to those for some reason, so I will definitely uh, check this one out. Uh, large uh, release and screen, 2,800 screens. Uh, Independence Day, 4,000 screens this weekend, and the other wide release is uh, the kind of horror thriller, uh, you know, Jaws meets uh, Soul Surfer with The Shallows. Uh, that's coming out uh, in 2,800 theaters as well. Terror in the Water is kind of the, the, the catch line for that. So, yeah, we talk yeah, about... They seem to do that every summer when everybody's heading to the beach, they right? They do, yeah. they do. Don't go in the water. Yeah, and we, we started the show a little talking about Jaws, the Jaws and started we kind of wrap it up with Shallows. But uh, we've got a couple minutes, but I want to give you a chance to ask any questions or talk about anything before we wrap. Dude! <laughs> Put me on the spot. No, I just... Uh, in full disclosure, I really enjoy sci-fi films. I, yeah. You've 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 hit me that this weekend is the yeah. new Independence Day film, and I might just have to see that one. Yeah, yeah. But just in, uh, giving you a, an update of other films opening in the next couple weeks, uh, Legend of Tarzan. Um, Saw a trailer for that just uh, well recently, within yeah. the last day or so. Yeah, that's opening next weekend, as well as The Purge, Election Year, the third installment of The Purge. I was film. about to say, isn't this a sequel? But it's no, third, it's the third it's one. The third. I had no idea. Great tie-in, election year. You know, why not Why not do that this summer? And then uh, the BFG, uh, The Big Friendly Giant, uh, based on a best-selling book. Uh, Spielberg is directing this, produced by Spielberg and Frank Marshall. It combines live action and computer-generated animation, and it looks, uh, visually looks absolutely amazing. Really? Uh, my son remembers uh, in fourth grade, his fourth grade teacher reading this book, The BFG, uh. The Big Friendly Giant, and so... I've uh, never heard of it, so this is uh, this is a new thing for me. So, so. it will have uh, it will have a built-in audience as well, and that's uh, the twenty eighth. That will be opening up. And One then, question about that is the giant's name Hodor. Hodor, <laughs> I don't believe that's so. a whole other thing. That's a whole it? other thing. <laughs> well, Jeff, thanks for hanging out and letting me talk to somebody today on Cinema Scene. I always like talking to you and spending time with you. And for those listening, you can always check us out on wgwg.org. You can find us on Facebook as well. Look for Cinema Scene. You can interact with us, share your thoughts on films there as well. And I'll give a shout-out to uh, our blind movie critic. You can listen to him every week right here on Cinema Scene. That's Jay Forey. BlindsideReviews.com is his website. And, uh, and this week, uh, he's reviewed, uh, he reviewed, what did he, oh, he reviewed The Free State of Jones uh-huh. uh, this week. And so uh, check out his website to find out more details about and, his and movies. And listen for his laugh. It's, it's contagious. He has a perfect laugh. He's got uh, great laugh. And, and I'm going to turn his laugh into my ringtone. There you go. Until next time, I'm Noel Manning. That's Jeff Powell. And this is Cinema Scene on Gardner-Webb University Radio. For this week, that's a wrap.